0: Hello, hello. my name is Dwayne Spearman, and welcome to Directional Bible Ministries. Today is January the 27th. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. And we are working our way through the book of Daniel. I believe today will be session 13, if I'm correct. Um, just uh, by way of reminder, uh, remember that all of these studies can be found on my website, uh, DwayneSpearman.org is the quickest way to get there. Of course, it takes you to DirectionalMinistries.blogspot.com. Um, but you'll find on there all of the audio studies uh, are made available to you. This is the entire ACT study, uh, 40 sessions that you can listen to. And then remember that I took these studies and put them in a book. Uh, you can get that on Amazon. If you're in Kindle Unlimited, it's free. If you'd like to download the Kindle, nine ninety nine, 99 and then the paperback version is um, $15.97. So uh, you can get that on there. And then uh, also here is the Daniel study, and I am right. I've done 12 studies so far. Got through chapter number 8 last time, so we'll pick up in chapter number 9 today. And then I'm beginning to categorize my studies. I did a study a couple weeks ago on is Water Baptism for the Body of Christ, and that was a three-part study. And I got a whole lot more that I just need to take the time to separate them and post them onto the website, things like the Word of God, uh, the necessity for literal interpretation, things like that. In the meantime, you can still find all those studies. You just go onto, the, uh, onto uh, SoundCloud or onto YouTube, and they're all there, and they have already been separated Into those groups for example if you go on to YouTube you can actually go to the playlist and you will see um, topical teachings on suffering uh, five teachings on biblical interpretation the creation account back to basics so you can get all that stuff on there as well so it's all there Uh, so uh, but for today, what we're going to do is we're going to pick up in Daniel chapter number nine and verse number one. Um, and uh, just uh, the uniqueness of this chapter is that the, uh, up until now, everything, all of the visions that uh, Daniel has seen, all of the visions that Daniel has interpreted have been in relation to the Gentile world powers. And like we've said, there's, there's been Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and then there's uh, then came Rome, and then the revived Roman Empire, and and we've talked about that. Of course, Daniel uh, only he prophesied out to the revived Roman Empire, even though Daniel only lived in the Babylonian Medo-Persian Empire. Uh, he actually prophesied. The, the, the rise of Greece under Alexander uh, prophesied the rise of the Roman Empire and then prophesied the rise of the revived Roman Empire. Now understand, in Daniel's visions, he did not see a gap between the Roman Empire and the revived Roman Empire, which we call today the Age of Grace or the Dispensation of the Church. Daniel didn't see that. Uh, the Old Testament, remember, does not see the church. Now, there may be some application, there may be some principle to be applied, but the church is not seen in the, in the Old Testament. It was hidden. Daniel didn't see it. The prophets didn't see it. Nobody saw it um, because that was revealed to the Apostle Paul um, somewhere between Acts 9 and, and Acts chapter number 13, and you know the birth of the body of Christ and the postponement of the, the kingdom uh, for the, the, the nation of Israel. So chapter 9 takes a turn in that uh, it's going to focus on the nation of Israel. So let's go ahead and look in our Bibles just for a little bit today. Um, in the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, a Mede by descent, um, was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom. Um, chapter 9, verse number 1. There you go. Daniel's Prayer. Yeah. I think I this text here uh, appears to be a newer translation. I'm going to transfer that over to the old King James. But in the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus. Uh, again, who is the same as as Xerxes, um, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king of the realm of the the Chaldeans. And, of course, Chaldea, the the land of the Chaldeans, is Babylon. Uh, So in the first year of Darius, which would have been around 538 years before Christ, um, Daniel starts out and he says, and in the first year of his reign... I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years where the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. This right here, I believe, is the New King James. I'm going to fix that because I am going to go ahead and publish this Daniel study as well when I finish with it. Um, Daniel apparently was a student of Scripture, and he had been studying the book of, Jan- of Jeremiah. Because he says here, he says, I understood where of the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. I understood by the books the number of the years where of the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, how many he would accomplish, which would be 70. So obviously Daniel was reading the, the scroll <laughs> or the book of Jeremiah at this point. And, of course, one of the verses that I use for my ministry is 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God. Um, study requires work, and there's so many today. I, I am so disappointed. I put, I put something up the other day uh, on, my, uh, on my blog or on my uh, Facebook page. I, I, would desperately, I desperately would love to leave Facebook. <laughs> but apparently nobody wants to go with me. Uh, I've created accounts over on MeWe uh, in anticipation, because I believe eventually, unless this thing writes itself, um, all the all the Christians are going to be kicked off of it anyway. And, and when I say Christians, that's in a, uh, a quote there, because most of them aren't, sad to say. But um, I put the other day uh, this uh, quote... Um, Let's see, I'm gonna go ahead and pull it up here for you. Um, Let's see, here it is. As we watch the world around us forsake God on an incredible scale, we should not be surprised at all. Instead, we as believers must cling to Him as never before. How? By, By seeking revival in our own hearts actively engaging with those around us and realizing that no matter the outcome, we're going to (laughs) win. And the only way that's going to happen is by studying the Word of God. We do not know the Word of God. I actively engage with college students almost on a daily basis in in my work, and these are good college Christian college kids for the most part. And it's sad how, how much they lack knowledge when it comes to the Word of God. Um, but if we, we are commanded to study, to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, how? By rightly dividing the Word of truth. And again, we're not, right, we're not dividing truth from error because there is no error in the Bible. We are dividing truth from truth. There is a truth for Israel that is not for the body of Christ. In regards to the prophecies of the Old Testament, all of that is for Israel. All of the prophecies are for Israel. So we have to be able to divide truth from truth if we're going to understand it. And Daniel, that's what he was doing. He was reading from Jeremiah and he, he, he came to understand by the books the number of years that God had told Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish, which was 70. Uh, and apparently, Daniel had looked at, at Jeremiah chapter number 25. In Jeremiah 25, verses 1 through 11, or verses 11 through 12, and this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment. And these nations shall serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. Now again, Israel's captivity started with Babylon, but it concluded in the reign of Persia. But it was 70 years from start to finish. And in verse 12, and it shall come to pass when 70 years are accomplished. That I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, saith the Lord, for their iniquity in the land of the Chaldeans, and I will make it a perpetual desolation. So Daniel was just doing the math. How long have we been here? Uh, the Bible says that the king of Babylon is going to be punished, and we're going to be set free, and it's going to be seventy years. Also, in Jeremiah chapter number twenty-nine, verse number ten, for thus saith the Lord. That if service be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and I will perform my good word towards you, in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. So Jeremiah had already foretold that they would be in captivity uh, for 70 years. Um, and 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 again, I read this verse a lot. I hear this verse a lot, Jeremiah twenty nine twenty-nine, eleven, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. There's application there to every believer, but specifically in context. And I've always told my students that you must interpret, you must faithfully interpret the passage before you can faithfully give an application of the passage. Unfortunately, what we see today in the majority of the church is what I call applicational preaching only. In other words, they read a verse like this, and they immediately start talking about how God thinks of us today, how much God thinks thoughts of peace and not of evil for us today, uh, and he's going to give us an expected end. While that is true, interpretationally, we were not there. Interpretationally, this is God telling Jeremiah how he thinks thoughts toward the nation of Israel and how God has thoughts of peace for them and not of evil, and there's going to be an expected end. In other words, their captivity was going to come to an end. So history tells us that Israel had been destroyed by King Nebuchadnezzar in 605 B.C., And it's now about 538 B.C. That would mean that they have been in captivity for 67 years at this point. And Daniel knew knew this and understood that their captivity was almost over. So 67, 68, 69, 70, three more years, Daniel knew that their captivity, their expected end would happen. You know, uh, something that amazes me is that Daniel, you know, unlike so many today, can simply open the scriptures, he can read the prophecies of Jeremiah, and he can believe it. Why did he believe it? Because he took it literally. I believe that all of the Bible needs to be taken literally unless something in the text dictates that it's not to be taken literally, Um. And I'm just amazed that I think what we do, and this you know has been happening for literally millennia now, um, is we spiritualize the text to say things it doesn't say. Um, if you've read my book or went through my studies in Acts, we have completely spiritualized Pentecost, and we have made it all about the birth of the body of Christ. When there's nothing in that text that dictates or says that that was the birth of the body of Christ. Nothing. We have spiritualized the text. We have simply taken what the Roman Catholic Church had had interpreted, which the Protestant Reformers took, which still exists in our congregations today. We have spiritualized the text. We have made the church spiritual Israel. We have made the future um, um, kingdom a spiritual kingdom. We've we've spiritualized the text, and when you start spiritualizing the text, you can make it say practically anything you want to. We have to interpret the scriptural the scriptures literally. So when God said seventy, He meant seventy. Um, And again, I gave some excuses that I've heard. Well, in the original Greek, you know, and, you know, and, you know, where God has put a period, don't change it into a question mark, okay? God has never been in the business of confusing people. You know, in 1 Corinthians 14, 33, for God is not the author of confusion. Uh, Confusion, I believe, is many times just a result of our arrogance. We just don't want it to say that. You know, and I look around and I see people today in our culture. You know these cultural issues such as homosexuality and abortion and equality and you know and and somehow you know uh, uh, gender, uh, um, you know genders and you know and social justice and all this stuff. um, You can't find you can find the right answer in the Bible there's only two genders. God made them male and female. That was it. Um, Adam married Eve, uh, not Steve. Um, There's only uh, an abortion is an abomination in the eyes of God. Uh, If you injured a woman so that her child died, you were killed for murder. Um, You know, and just we just don't want to believe what the Bible says. Well, my homosexuality is okay. Well, Romans 1 makes it very clear that it is not okay. And I'm not sure what Bible you're reading or not reading, which you're most likely not. Uh, we just don't read the Bible. We don't rightly divide the word of truth. We don't, we don't try to be workmen that need not be ashamed, uh, rightly dividing the word of truth anymore. Instead, you know, I, I believe that our churches, and I... I put up a quote the other day, and you just never know uh, how people are going to respond <laughs> on, um, on Facebook anymore. Uh, you can just put up a complete, absolute truth, and the ones that will come back and throw it in your face the hardest is, uh, is Christians. Um, but I made the misstatement made um, that the church is no longer teaching the Word of God. They're not. I mean, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you're listening. I don't know where you go to church, but there's a very good chance that you're involved in something where the truth is not really taught. We have become very politically correct. The church has been silenced today. Um, We don't want to get into those controversial issues. Jesus stepped in those controversial is- issues on a regular basis. <laughs> and if you don't speak truth into the darkness, what do, what do you expect will happen? You know, now we have a few generations of people who simply do not know the truth because the truth is not expounded from our pulpits anymore. Because pastors have become hirelings, and they're afraid of speaking the truth. Um. So we just had, you know, it's a direct result. Our confusion is many times a direct result of our arrogance. So the first question is that I asked myself when I read this, well, why 70 years? I mean, why 70 years? You know, why would Israel be punished for 70 years? And, of course, the answer to this is found in Leviticus. In Leviticus 1 through 7, And the Lord spake unto Moses in Mount Sinai, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel and saying to them, when you come into the land which I give you, then you will keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. Six years you're going to sow your field. Six years you're going to prune your vineyard, and you're going to gather the fruit from it. But in the seventh year, it shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land, a Sabbath for the Lord. You shall neither sow your field nor prune your vineyard. That which groweth of its own accord of thy harvest thou shalt not reap, neither gather the grapes of the vine undressed, for it is a year of rest to the land and the sabbath of the land shall be meat for you for you, for thee for your servant for your maid for your hired servant for your stranger that sojourneth with you and for your cattle and for your beasts that are in the land shall all the increase thereof be meat in other words sow the land work the land harvest the land 6 years but in the 7th year don't do any of that let the land rest And you've heard of farmers rotating their crops. There's a reason. You have to allow the land to rest. If you don't, your your continual planting and harvesting will remove all of the nutrients, and your harvest will become smaller and smaller if you don't do this. So God told the children of Israel, When you come into this land that I will give thee, let it rest on the seventh year. And if you'll do that, I'll take care of you in that year. Don't worry about it. It'll be taken care of. Um, in Leviticus uh, twenty-six thirty-three, And I will scatter you among the heathen, draw the sword after you, and your land shall be desolate, and your cities shall be waste. Then shall the land enjoy her Sabbaths. As long as it lieth desolate, and ye be in your enemy's land, then even then shall the land rest and enjoy her Sabbaths. For as long as it lieth desolate, it shall be rest, because it did not rest in your Sabbath when ye dwelt in it. So the nation of Israel didn't trust God. They didn't take God at his word that the land was going to get a rest. Instead, they continued to sow, they continued to work, they continued to harvest during the Sabbath and while they were there. And God, because of this, said, I'm going to expel you from the land to allow the land to work. Um, And interestingly, from the time they came into the land, um, let me do the math here, from the time they came into the land, 490 years they were in the land, and they did not allow the land to rest. From the time they came into the promised land until the time that God kicked them out, they were there 490 years. And God did the math. Okay? <laughs> and God said, you owe me 70 years. Because 490 divided by 7 is 70. So God kicked them out for 70 years so that the land would enjoy its rest. In Second Chronicles 36, 20, and them that escaped from the sword carried he away to Babylon, where they were servants of him and of his sons until the reign of the kingdom of Persia, till the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, until the land had enjoyed her sabbaths. For as long as she lay desolate, she kept her Sabbath to fulfill three score and ten years. A score is 20. So 20, 40, 60, and 10 is 70. So God brought destruction upon them because of their failure to trust Him. They did not trust Him. And of course, there's a principle here that you and I need to come to grips with as well. God expects that we trust Him. Just as He expected the nation of Israel to trust Him, He expects me and you to trust Him. And when we trust Him, He brings about blessing. And when we fail to bless, to bless or to trust him, blessings don't come. I don't like the word cursing there. I don't think God actively curses us. But I do believe God removes his hand of blessing uh, from us. Uh, in Deuteronomy 30, verse number 19, I call heaven and earth as witness today against you, that I I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Interpretationally, this is the nation of Israel. Applicationally, God wants us to trust him. God wants to bless us. He wants to actively bless us. So from this verse, we see that blessing or lack thereof is entirely dependent on how we trust him. And God does promise blessings for obedience. He did that all throughout um, the Old Testament. He does that in our day as well. We have to learn to trust God. Um, and the world says, Show me and I'll believe you. God says, believe me and I'll show you. And again, there's there's some things here in Haggai 1. God told the Jews, he said, you have sown much and you bring in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages wages earns wages to put them in a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts. Consider your ways. Trust God applicationally. Man, that's true for you and I today. God wants to actively bless us Um, if we will just but Trust him. How many blessings have I missed out on because I just didn't trust God? You know, I just didn't trust God in the way that he was moving me. You know, God wants to actively, I believe aggressively, bless us. So um, next time we'll get down into verse number three, uh, where, you know, again, Daniel realizes the 70 years is almost complete. and, And Daniel chapter number nine is gonna have everything to do with the nation of Israel. Now, we'll, we'll see everybody else, you know, in the peripheral, but it primarily is God dealing with uh, the nation of Israel, and we'll talk about that next time. God bless you guys. And remember, God loves you, wants the best for you, and he's working all things out for your good.